on this beautiful Monday, regardless of whether we're here in the sun or as the moon is going down on the East Coast, we know that all is well. So there's a chat box for anyone who wants to send any notes. But I wanted to begin by just acknowledging each of you and your participation in Network of Spiritual Progressives. So we shall begin with a brief grounding exercise. And I'd like us all to take a breath together. As we breathe in, and know that this is the breath of life right now. So we breathe in and we breathe out anything that is in our way. We breathe in life. We breathe out what we can let go of. We breathe in light and we allow the light to fill our bodies and we breathe out the past. We breathe in more light. and we release anything that has happened before this moment. So as we have come together, we're in a place that we can envision harmony, cooperation, love, peace, and justice in the world. That this is a world that is happening right now. For as we believe, we can create it. And we allow ourselves to let go of any arguments, any thoughts, anything that seems to be against this greater ideal that everything we need is right here and available. All of the ideas, all of the resources, all of the people, all of those who are willing to say yes to a world that works for everyone, to a world of love and justice. And we know as we perceive it, we draw all things unto us that is in alignment with this higher vision. So we know all things are possible. And this life 
this world, organizations, nations can operate from the new bottom line. So I release this word knowing that we're all in vibratory agreement. As our hearts and minds are aligned with goodness. Ashe. Thank you. I'll turn it back over to Kat. Beautiful. Thank you so much. So before we jump in to um, kind of the, the plan of the call, I didn't. I forgot to say on the um, email. I just wanted. I don't know. I don't. I think everyone on this call may know, but um, just kind of want to acknowledge Fred's absence. Fred Rosenberg. Some of you might actually have known him from the training or from these calls. He was very involved. He did the training, um, I think the round before the last round, um, I think maybe September. And, um, <clears throat> and he was starting to build a local chapter in um, Iowa where he lived. And um, he had sent a letter out to, he's very active in his community in all these different social justice organizations and movements. And he'd sent this beautiful letter that he sent to me first as a draft, kind of explaining how come he was leaving those and gonna start an NSP chapter and he'd welcome people to come and join him. Um, and then he had a heart attack, he had a stroke and he died. Um, so for those of us who know him, I just um, wanted to hold space. I don't, I don't know if anybody on the call remembers him, but if, there, if, if you do and you'd like to say something, you're welcome to say something. I will let you know that I sent in a letter to the community just from everyone in, in our community, sending our love and appreciation for all the gifts and beauty he contributed. Um, and I also said that I would, that we would offer a free scholarship to the training to anyone in the community who would want to pick up from where he left off in honor of him um, to continue his legacy, because I know it was really important to him. Um, and I just wanted to think about a way how we could support that community, but also support his spirit to continue to con contribute to that community, community in a meaningful way. <clears throat> so um, if anybody wants to say anything, I'm just gonna hold the call open for a minute. Just go ahead and unmute yourself. And if you need me to unmute you, just let me know in the chat or wave your hand or something. And I'll um, unmute you. This is Guy. I've been touched by his warmth, by Fred's warmth and his, um, well, very personalized engagement. And encouraged if he could start a chapter in the middle of well, a small town in Iowa, what about what's wrong with the West Coast, you know? So, but really it was his warmth and welcoming that I noticed the most for. And I am saddened and surprised to hear him. Thank you for the email earlier that passed that news along. 
Thank you, Larry. Thank you. Anyone else want to say anything? Oh, Kat, this is Melanie. Yep. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to echo what Dee said, but also to say that the way that, that um, Fred's passing was, was handled um, by the network was really beautiful. Mm. And I really love that you've sent that letter to the community and that you're offering the scholarship. And it just, um, I think it just goes to show what a wonderful organization that we're part of. Thank you. Mm. Wow. Thank you, Melanie. I really appreciate that. That's very sweet and touching to hear. Thank you. Go for it, Bruce. Um, I didn't know Fred very well, but I, it, it, just listening to the, what happened, it, it reminds me that none of us know when it will be our time. And it's incumbent upon, as I see it, it's incumbent upon me to engage people, not as a leader, but as someone who creates leaders. To engage others so that there's, there are people, when my time comes, there'll be people to carry on because that's so important and part of our legacy. Good reminder. Yeah, really important thing. Thank you. Thanks, Bruce. You're on, Carolyn. Uh, I just wanted to honor Fred uh, Fred was sending notes to Kat and myself about getting that chapter started. And you could feel his enthusiasm just through his messages to us. And we'd send him a response and he'd say, well, no, I need you to look at this part. And is this right? And am I doing it right? And he was uh, so welcoming of our input. And at the same time, he was filled. He was just ready ready to go and so i honor that in him and hope that spirit of taking action now is what what he can spread from his very work in the world thank you anyone else no pressure just an invitation Okay, so let's just, for a moment, just hold Fred in our hearts and just um, whatever spark within Fred that needs lighting up within us, because I think there's different parts of him that live in all of us and in, in all of us on the planet, but just find that spark of what you've heard if you don't know him or didn't remember him or what you knew. Um, just find that spark whether it's his joy or his commitment to NSP or his commitment to lifting up others or his loving heart and his uh, tenacity, I think is kind of what Rev. Carolyn was speaking to, just really trying to get the clear path forward. Um, just let's bring that into the call and into our hearts so that we are nourished by his energy and spirit.
And may his memory always be a blessing. Thank you. Thank you all for sharing. I was, I was really sad when I heard that he passed. Um, so um, what I wanted to do on the call today was, um, first I wanted to just check in and hear from folks kind of how you're doing, where you're at in your process, kind of any goals you had set and how they're coming along, and, um, and any support that you might need. So kind of you know, where you're at, <laughs> where you're headed, what support you might need or questions you might have. And then I thought we would do, I'm open for another idea for role play, but based on um, some emails, um, I thought we would do a role play on how do we share these, how do we deal with objections from the left on some of the issues that we're trying to bring into the liberal and progressive world? And, and I'm bringing that forward because that's always a question during the training and it just came up again during the most recent training from somebody um, about how, how hard it is for her to talk to those that she feels most aligned with. Um, so um, I thought we'd do that if it's helpful, but if there's something else that you want support with, we'll obviously do that. So how about if I just go around and check in one by one and um, see where you're at and what you need next. And then at the end, I think we'll probably have time, I might ask, I just have some questions about the structure of these calls that I'd like some feedback on too. Carolyn, will you help me track that? I know what the question is in my mind, but I, uh, I'm afraid I won't remember to ask it. <laughs> um, so Gabrielle, would you like to go first? Uh, you can. Are you okay with that? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. <laughs> Come on, you're doing so much. Ah, <laughs> uh, you think? I'm trying. It's sort of all going towards dead ends at the moment, but I think it'll open up. It will. I'm, I'm hopeful. I, I'm still doing all my research. I haven't stopped studying since I started doing the course, and it's led me to the most beautiful groups of enlightened individuals, which is just giving me so much hope, I think. And to be connected here with you guys is... It's beyond precious for me. I mean, I didn't wake up till quarter past 10 this morning and I thought I'd missed the call <laughs> because I had a really bad night last night and I was so disappointed. And when I grabbed my, my phone and saw it was only quarter past 10, it's like, beauty, I've got an hour to get ready. So, because it takes me that long to get my head awake. But um, yeah, I'm just, it's just so something I'm so drawn to and I get really tingly when I'm online with you guys anytime. It's just where I'm meant to be at the moment. And I, and I am very proud to say I'm starting up an Australian chapter. I'm not doing a local chapter. I'm bringing it to Australia. I'm, I've put ads in on a few of the online free advertising places, just putting it out there in South Australia to see if I can widen my net a little bit and connect with some people here in town. Maybe haven't heard a thing, but I won't give up. And I've written letters, lots of letters to people, to Sarah Hanson-Young, our senator, who's coming up for re-election next month. I'm really hoping she'll get back to me before the election, but I'll vote for her anyway. That's cool. Uh, and I've had some very interesting conversations with the Liberals here which who are not progressive at all. They're more progressive for their own futures and not ours. Uh, and it's just the stuff they write back. You know, I'm surprised they wrote back. That was good. But anyway, I've started up a dialogue with them too now and bringing this stuff to them. And, I, and, and I've given them the link to, to the network of spiritual progressives and asked them to have a look at it and get back to me. 
<laughs> so, you know, I just put it out there. What else can you do? I'm living so remotely. I'm really heavily reliant on online stuff. And Facebook's locked me down permanently, I think, because I'm not back on yet. And I was really behind the Aboriginal people on Invasion Day here last month. We, we haven't celebrated it for a long time because of the lack of acknowledgement of the genocide of their people and the continuing disgraceful treatment of them by our government. So, yeah, they didn't like it when I started talking with love. Isn't that interesting? They were okay with me when I was being angry and resentful. But the minute I turned it into love and a way forward, oh, I got shut down. So how's that? <laughs> that's good. Gives me more free time to do my study. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. And thank you for all your amazing support. Seriously, just really amazing support. I do feel so close to you all, even though I'm so far away. And I'm so grateful. Thank you. Mm, beautiful. Thank you. And so don't forget when, you, when, it, when you're ready to send me the email to send out. So if you're starting local chapter in addition to your local efforts, whatever you may be doing, I can send an email out and target it to people within, like I'll target to all of Australia. But if you're in a particular town, we can do it within 30 miles or 50 miles of your town, of your zip code. So, just, so I just need you to send me a draft email. And I think I put... I think on the web pages of your trainings, there is a link to a sample email, but if not, let me know and I can send it out. But I'm pretty sure it's up there on that page somewhere. Okay, thanks. Yeah, thanks. I'm sure it is. So, okay, thank you. Uh, Kathy, are you good to go? Yeah. Okay, I'm unmuted. You're unmuted. <laughs> yeah, I've had some really... Um, Good times and some hard times. And I'll start with the hard and end with the good. Um, the hard has been using the self-empathy. And I've been using it a lot. And it seems like the more I use it, the more stuff comes out from the past. And I feel really um, emotionally unstable sometimes. Just, you know, at, at home. It's, it's private. Um, so I'm hoping I'll kind of get through it all and end up in a calmer place. Mm. I appreciate the tool because I think it's, I've never had it before and I just kind of stuffed things and, and uh, this lets it come out. It's quite shocking. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of anger um, and under that a lot of grief, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, sometimes I'm standing up for myself and, that, and that's good and I wish I could do it more gracefully, but hopefully I'll get there. Um, mm. uh, the, the, I also have had a problem with people from the left saying, ah, that's airy-fairy. Sounds nice, but it's airy-fairy stuff. It's not going to happen. So um, I need to work on that. Uh, the good things are that I had a, an hour and a half conversation with uh, a man in Las Cruces, New Mexico, who has something called the Great Conversation about every month. And uh, he brings together whoever's interested to discuss major issues. And... Um, He's busy right now, but after that conversation, he said, give me maybe 10 possible topics or ways we could approach this, and let's see what we can put together. So he's interested in having it, and I'm excited about that because he's on local radio. He's uh, teaching a course at the university, so he has a lot of contacts, and, and um, uh, he's nice. He's good about listening to different opinions. Um, as long as everybody speaks respectfully. So I feel quite hopeful about that as a way to um, be in contact 
<clears throat> with more people who are who have like minds or who might be persuaded because people from different uh, with different viewpoints come to those discussions. Um, the other thing called the Great Conversation. Excuse the me. Great Conversation. Yeah, and I don't I don't think there's any website or anything. I could uh, I could probably send you his email or put you on his mailing list, and then you could just see what comes up. Yeah. So we've only been to. Uh, well, several, some were on um, the Muslim community in Las Cruces presented by them, um, and two others have been alternative economic uh, models, alternatives to capitalism. So we would fit in really well in, in yeah. so many ways. Um, Great idea. So that, yeah, that was really exciting. And the other is that um, uh, it's kind of a small world in El Paso, and I was able to get... Um, an appointment with the community liaison for our state representative to the Texas legislature. And um, I know her, she's a really warm person. I couldn't have started with a better person to introduce my idea, the, our ideas. Um, we talked also for about an hour and a half and she's interested. She made notes to show um, the, our representative. And uh, I learned a lot from her. I think she learned a lot from me. And what I did that she found really helpful was kind of condense the 10 planks um, of the platform to a page in a bit. And, and I, just, I just took uh, phrases so that she could quickly see under each plank what sorts of things uh, the spiritual progressives, NSP, is advocating. And she said that was so helpful because when she went to the website, it was kind of overwhelming how, many, how much reading there was to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and at the top, I put, if you're not up for this now, when you get tired of ba putting Band-Aids on the situation, remember this and take a look. And yes. I'm kind of trying to say that to everybody, because if people say, oh, airy-fairy, they may get to the point where they're really frustrated about some piece of legislation or the lack of ties to other issues. And this says it all. It brings it all together. Um, I'm sticking with what I've done, which is to bring it up at a time that seems appropriate to whoever I'm talking with. Because uh, family or friends, if they're not open to it at, the, at that particular moment, there's no point in bringing it up. They'll forget it or pass it off. So when my daughter-in-law was having trouble with the health system, I said, so would you be interested in, in changing that to single payer? She said, oh, yeah. So I'm trying to do that. Um, only one person has gone to your website, signed up for emails, and I told her about uh, the um, signing the petition for the amendment. She's interested in that. So it's, uh, it's slow. I don't know where it's going to go. Um, I'm hoping to talk with our city council representative in the next week or so uh, about what can be done. Um, that's where I am. That's a lot. That's awesome. I feel excited. Yeah, that's quite a bit. Um, so a couple responses to that, which is this is a request to everyone. If you'd be willing, like when you're doing things like Gabrielle, you've been sending these letters and Kathy, you've been doing these things and other folks have written letters to the editor. Like, please let me let us know what you're doing, because I'm the only way I'm, I'm able to assess like what's happening, how these tentacles are getting out there is if I get that information back. And I know I'm like, well, please start a chapter. And I know that takes time. And I know it doesn't always happen. And, and yet people are out there doing other things. And 
it, it will help me get funding for the trainings for our work. It'll help um, us be able to say, actually, the trainings are having impact, even if this number of chapters has started and it doesn't seem like a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so please, Kathy, if you're willing to write that up, tell me, because those were a lot of big things, and they're, they're lighting flames, you know, for things that will grow. Mm -hmm. But I don't have that information. I can't. Like, I was just sending a thank you letter to people who joined the NSP in January. And, like, it's been really – I can edit it now with some of those things that you've just said, but I didn't know that. Uh -huh. um, so the more I can just say, and, you know, three people did this, one person did that, somebody's sharing in this way, someone's doing that with it. It makes it much more meaningful. So that's a request to everybody. If you'd be willing, as you're doing things, even if they feel little, like um, – um, you know, I've reached out to two people or whatever. Just, just please let me know. Or I wrote somebody in, in the training, like wrote a letter to the editor. I was like, send me the letter. That's a big deal. <laughs> so um, that's one of the requests. And then, um, and then um, the other thing you said, oh, the, the way you redid the 10 planks. Yes. Would you be willing to email that to us? Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy. Um, I'd love to look at that and see how I might integrate it into the website. Sure. Because the website page, I think, has them listed, but maybe it's not as simple. So I'd like to think about how to redo that. Sure. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. This is what I love having talk with people involved because then everyone's creating, contributing to making it more accessible and finding uh -huh. that works beyond what we're doing. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Bruce, going around the circle. Bruce, I cannot unmute you. So you get to unmute yourself. Great. There you go. Um, it's interesting, as you were saying, Kathy, about the, the one of the one of the words I heard in your in your story of what's happening in your life is this idea of timing and what i'm finding is that rather than trying to make something happen i'm starting with what's beginning to happen around me that i see is aligned with what i'm up to so rather than changing what's happening around me to make it conform to where i want it to get to I'm enhancing what's going on, engaging in such a way that people see that there's a broader connection or there's an opportunity for a conversation even that can take things beyond where they are, but not like to a whole new place, but just a, a step along the path. And, the, and that step is, you know, you can't rush it. You know, you can't rush the blossoming of a rose. You'll ruin it. <laughs> you know, you just have to find the pace. And, and so I'm finding a new pace, and it's slower. And the last, um, the last two years, uh, myself and several colleagues have been working uh, with the, the mayor and city council of the city of San Jose in California, the heart of Silicon Valley. Um, to engage them with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And they've been 
moving along gradually. And what I've started to notice lately is that things seem to be, the pace is picking up. Um, and it's not when I try to change it or try to move it. It's more when I just try to see what's there. And, you know, I, 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 I saw one of the mayor staffers the other evening at a talk that, that the mayor gave about the state of the city. And I, I went up to him and said, hello, I hadn't seen him in probably a year and a half. And he said, he said, you must be really excited with what's been happening. I said, I'm getting the idea that a bunch of things are really happening and starting to show up. He says, yeah. And he says, it's so much of it traces back to the, the work that you did. We've sort of been a behind the scenes catalyst. Mm -hmm. And the work that we did some time back seems to be taking hold or taking root or finding more and more pieces that are aligned with where it's going. Um, you might, you know, you might say, well, what does this have to do with a network of spiritual progressives? What does this have to do with what we talked about in the course? And the connection for me is that what I've noticed is that the way that I talk about what's happening with people, I'm not speaking about it the same way. I'm speaking much more spiritually and I'm speaking much more to their experience rather than trying to get them to see something differently. And somehow there's magic in that, you know, I, it, it's, it's, it's a, I don't know quite how to describe it. It's like something I'm beginning to notice and it's sort of taking form. It's kind of fuzzy right now. I'm not sure what, what exactly is going on, but I get, I see things, little pieces are starting to move. It's like when the popcorn in the pan starts to pop, there's a pop and then there's a, another pop and there's two pops and pretty soon they're all popping, right? It's like we're getting to that acceleration mode and I'm very excited about it. Mm -hmm. And um, what it will do is to, is to um, create really an opportunity for the work that we focused on, the internal work that we focused on in the course, the, the joint work, the collective work that we focused on in the, in the class, for that to begin to be more observable, more, more apparent in our communities, with, in, in our engagement and interactions with other people. I, that's what's starting for me, and it's very exciting. Um, not, it's not exciting. It's gratifying. That's that's what there is to report. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I love I love the way you're trying to find the flow of it all and to kind of integrate what you're taking from the training into up, I would say uplifting what's happening. So Keep, keep me keep us posted on any um, in addition to kind of the flow aspect of it, if you will, yeah. the concrete things your ways that you're bringing some of these ideas into the conversation, so we can understand that too and mm -hmm. see how, how, what we can learn from that. Yes, great.
Thank you, Bruce. Sure. And Kathy, I just want to acknowledge, I, I knew I'd forgotten something. I just want to acknowledge what you said at the beginning about kind of the self-empathy bringing up stuff that's making it challenging. So I just, um, I want to acknowledge that that's real and, and hold your heart and hold you in that. And um, yeah, if, if there's ever a point that you need empathy support around that, we can always do that on this call or you can always reach out to Rev. Carolyn and I if you're feeling like you just really would like a little extra hand holding. So let us know, okay? Glee, you're on. I think you have to unmute though, because I'm not having any luck. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, hearing what Bruce had to say made me want to go, oh, can we talk? <laughs> the Where I am is really trying to take things into um, council resolutions or discussions of that anyway with the first target is the Palo Alto City Council which while I don't live there uh, currently I've spent um, many years in that community and know it better politically than almost any of the others and what's a stumbling block for me at the moment is that my buddy group has had health problems um, one person was just plain uh, got very ill and needed to pull back. But uh, another one, in midst of the fires that were in October, got in an auto accident getting out of town. And she'd been limping along fairly, fairly well since then, but in late December, beginning of January, she realized, wait a minute, I'm not taking enough time to really heal. So she wanted to pull back some too. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought, well, that doesn't really matter. I know what I want to do. And but what I find is missing is someone to bounce the dialogue and ideas off of. And it's, I was doing research um, by basically just going back and watching the a handful of the most recent Palo Alto City Council meetings. I'd already picked out the person, the people I thought I wanted to talk with on there, but I wanted to see just how they presented themselves and how they address concerns and action. And I realized that it's, I had one version of how I wanted to say things, but I didn't know how to translate it into a perspective that necessarily fit in their day-to-day uh, what's happening in the city kind of consciousness. It's actually very brass tacks. And this is a progressive city that I'm not sure I could put anything on the table that would have more that they aren't already doing environmentally, including taking the city to zero carbon. You know, they have a developing a plan to go to zero carbon and they're very serious about it. So I think the area of the target is the social side, where there are clear stresses um, that show up, for instance, in teen suicide in town and, and so on. But I'm really wanting some interaction with others as I, as I do these, this next step or two. So I'm wondering if there's anyone else in the network who might serve as a resource just to talk to or even as 
tried something similar to bounce ideas off of, and I um, I tried Russ out in um, oh, I guess he's in, in Idaho. Southern, well, he's Southern Utah, yeah. but trying to get his attention is another matter. Right. Um, he's a busy guy, and I could push a little more there, but he's not. You know, it's trying to fit into a really tight schedule for him, apparently, because he doesn't respond easily. So um, that's that's where I am. That's okay. the stumbling block. It's lots. I feel like the direction I'm going in is precisely the right one, and I want a little more. Um, I want to. I need someone that's also got similar interests to bounce things off of. And they don't necessarily have to be local because right. um, while one in my buddy group was local, she was also the shyest in terms of public exposure. And the other one was Oakland, which is, while not next door to Palo Alto, um, it, it was different. Right. So, so I have a couple of ideas. Um, one of which is um, in our next newsletter, which will hopefully be coming out the end of this week. Um, we can put a we can put a thing in like support support needed. Who wants to you know collaborate to strategize around bringing resolutions to city councils? Right. Um, and also, I would say if anybody on this call wants to um, support you and work with you, that um, please let me know in the chat or. Um, why don't you post your email also in the chat so folks can email you. <clears throat> and then um, the other thing that we could do at some point is maybe if you want for the next call, <clears throat> we could actually put that on the agenda that we're going to spend, um, you know, the first 20 minutes of the call or so, half an hour brainstorming around these questions. Um, and so you could bring the questions, but others can bring their questions too. What is the most strategic way to to bring these ideas? And you could, you know, be specific about your specific questions, but there's also general questions that might right. arise. How do those ideas sound? Um, yeah, that sounds good. I mean, this is a fun exercise. I just like it not to be a solitary one. So. No, absolutely. No, and nor should it be. So um, yeah. I think that's part of the intention of these monthly calls too. Yeah. So, um, so let me say, let me just put out there, if there's something like this that you actually want on a monthly call, just let us know ahead of the call and we'll put it specifically yeah. on the agenda. And if we have time before the end of the call today, we can also do some of that too. Yeah. And it's, it addresses a basic question of, um, well, for me anyway, in, in working with diverse groups is to have a good understanding what motivates them and and basically how my point of view but be able to speak it in their their mental frame and that's what i that's actually a lot i find that actually a lot of fun to do because it's like translating into a new language or um a grounding a point of view in a certain way so right. that's 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 the direction beautiful great and, and Bruce, you're, you're, you're kind of near there, so maybe you can, if you have space in your life, you could reach, reach out to and brainstorm with him. So, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. 
I'm just going around the circle here. Melanie, I'm not sure which way to unmute you, so I'll let you unmute yourself. There you Thank go. Thank you. <laughs> it's really inspiring to hear the others from across the country and actually from all the way from Australia talking about what they're doing. We're, of course, real focused on, on the training that's coming up. We can hardly wait till you get here. <laughs> we've, um, it's, it's been kind of interesting because we've made very strategic reach out to probably, well, I know that, that I've done over 20 people that I've um, sent information about NSP with a personal invitation. We actually created a little flyer about the training. I don't know, Kat, if Michael shared that with you. Um, I think he did. I think we put it on the website. Oh, okay. I, I, really? I have to get on the website and look. Um, but I, I was just thinking about this as, as I was sitting here, and it, it's not only just reaching out to others, because what's happened is that some people have really sort of become really engaged through this process of planning the training. And we've been meeting about once a week and, and you know, getting the details nailed down and, and just talking. And I think it's been really excellent for building strong relationships within the chapter so that, you know, even after the training, we'll be even better equipped to move forward. Wonderful. And then, and then just um, personally, I continue. I just, I just this week um, got two of Rabbi Werner's books. I had read The Left Hand of God, but I got The Politics of Meaning and Spirit Matters because I want to, I'm going to have those read before you get here. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Melanie. So for those of you who don't know, I'm going to Michigan to do, take the training on the road, if you will. Um, and the, the folks who are taking it, some will have already taken the online training and some won't. So we're, um, the rabbi from Melanie Scholl and I are working together to brainstorm about how to do that training in a way so it's stimulating for everyone. So we're having some fun conversations and explorations around that. So, um, yeah, I can't wait, but you've got to get that snow out of there <laughs> or at least warm the temperature up for me. <laughs> I did want to mention one other thing, and that I've, someone else said this as well, and that was about whenever the opportunity arises, talking about the NSP, and yesterday we were at a play. It was a very, very provocative play called The Christians, and it was at um, a, one of those new little, it's not really a storefront church because it's actually in a church, but the, the young man that's the minister is very impressive, very intense, very very liberal, very open-minded, and I actually was able to chat with him about the NSP. So it was, that felt good. Beautiful. So, yeah, so like, one of the things, this gets back to my request before about sharing with me what you're doing, like, even things like I had 10 conversations with people or five conversations with people, that kind of information is, is actually helpful for us to track. Um, because the, the work that we're doing takes time. And so there's no way for me to have metrics, if you will, um, to say, actually, this training is having an effect um, without even people saying, yeah, I had 10 conversations in the past month or three conversations. It doesn't matter. Um, just having that information 
helps us assess <clears throat> how we're doing and what are the best uses of our time and strategies. And so please, I, I, I really would appreciate you just kind of, you know, once a week sending me an email or once a month just keeping a list and sending it to us so that we can have a feel for what's going on. So awesome. Thanks, Melanie. You're welcome. Bev, your next restroom. <laughs> Hi. Um, so I kind of work on an individual way because I live in I live in the wilderness. <laughs> um, but I'd like to share what I've been doing. Um, and if anyone would like to support me in this, I'm an advocate for palliative care, not end of life, but beginning of diagnosis of anyone who has a serious illness. And so um, my husband passed away 11 years ago without this essential support. Yeah. Um, and I started writing about it. And um, Michael was kind enough to publish some of what I wrote on the blog. And so there are bills in Congress right now the Palliative Care Hospice Education Training Act bills that would educate medical professionals on how to be more humane and think of the whole person. And so right now in the House, there's two, they have 254 bipartisan co-sponsors and in the Senate, uh, 29. And it would be wonderful if we could all work together to try to get these bills passed that would help educate medical professionals on whole care. And the American Federation of Teachers just um, passed a resolution I wrote on it so um, we could get support from all different areas would be wonderful. So Bev? Yeah. Send me, if you will, a short a short description with the bill numbers. I will. And in the next newsletter, I'll include it in there as under one of my action items. That would that would really be wonderful. And then people who who can do that will do that. But um, I think that's the best way. If you send me that, I'll okay. put it in the newsletter. Don't make it too I, long, and then include like if there's a link, easy like the bill numbers or if you have a link to something, something that makes it easy. Absolutely. But the bill numbers will work if that's, if that's Okay. Easy. Also, I want to tell you about something else I've been thinking yeah. about a lot. Um, it disturbs me greatly that um, people on the far right, especially people of faith, um, exclude other people or feel superior to other people. So I've been thinking about how I could, I like to write. Um, that's my best way to communicate. And I was thinking about writing some sort of an essay um, about the fact that um, reminding people, regardless of whether they're Christian or Jewish or Muslim or Buddhist or whatever, but people who believe that their way of worshiping is the only way that um, our holy teachings tell us that um, in the 
image of God made he made he man woman, and that to um, exclude somebody else's faith or to denigrate somebody else's faith is to denigrate God. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been thinking about. My own life is a mess. So I won't even talk about it. <laughs> but my own life is got to pull myself up with God's help. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Bev. It sounds like a great okay. to write. And, and then do send me that blurb as soon as you can. I will. So I can put it in the newsletter. I will. Great. Thank you. We have Carolyn. Uh, <clears throat> if I, my voice comes, I wanted to uh, comment on Bev before I go forth. But uh, two things, I'm involved in a lot of interfaith work in the Los Angeles area. And it's our very goal to do exactly what you're talking about, to have interfaith conversations about challenges that we're all facing so that uh, it's understood that there may be different approaches, but that we can all work together. So uh, I was going to send you a note, Bev, that you might consider finding an interfaith council in your area um, that can assist you or that you can even send information to. Because I, I, I know they're all over the country and that's their intention. Uh, and then the other thing is a reflection on what you said on palliative care. Uh, in my mother going through hospice uh, three years ago, it wound up being a separate section of the hospital. And here's a hospital that we had gone to in Connecticut for the past 20 years and had not been in that hospice area. And even the, her seven-year-old grandchild said, my goodness, this is, this is beautiful. Is this really the same hospital? And so I, I was really impacted by how they did take care in that point. But it's really not whole life care because they would have been kinder before she got to hospice. Um, so I totally support what you're saying that people, uh, I go to hospitals a lot in prayer with people uh, before surgeries and after surgeries, and there's a lot of room for change opportunity. But I did want to also share, I think, Kat May, um, we're looking at doing a chapter here in Los Angeles, and we had a meeting uh, just on Saturday with a couple of people from the previous group who are in the Los Angeles area. Uh, we'll be meeting again in two weeks, and we're going to have our first chapter meeting, a call for a chapter meeting uh, in March, either March 10th or the 17th. So if you know anyone who's in the LA area, have them contact me, and we'll make sure they're included. And I've, I have had uh, conversations with uh, Mayor Garcetti about some general things. He's the uh, mayor of Los Angeles, 
and he's really all over the place, but um, has a good heart. And I believe we can capture one or two areas of the new bottom line that will be an effective area for them to talk about in Los Angeles. So I'll leave it at that. Yay, beautiful. And don't, uh, just a reminder, I'm saying it here, even though we talk all the time, just because it's on my mind right now. Don't forget to send me or, or send out, uh, but I can help you do it in salsa, a letter to the folks in LA. Yes, yeah. Because there have been people who've wanted to be in a chapter before and it hasn't, uh, it hasn't jump-started as effectively as I know it will. <laughs> yes. Let's remember really importantly to send out an email to folks from um, our list in the area. Yes. For, for LA, we do a pretty broad, yes. a broad email. So mm -hmm. let's, let's remember that <laughs> soon. Will do. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, Dada. Nice to see you. Do you want to say hello? Hello. So nice to see you. So we were just sharing briefly... Um, Anything we've done since our last call or anything we need support with, and then I was going to share a few more things and uh, maybe do a role play or two. I just completed a three-month road trip. I covered 21 states. I stayed in 36 different homes and 36 different cities. And... Wow. And now you're frozen. Is he frozen on other people's screen too or just mine? Yes. Okay. Just checking that it wasn't just mine. There you go. This is a speaking tour. I gave that talk to 150 people about empathetic listening in Malibu. And it was very warmly received and talked at Oklahoma State University and Indiana State University and Evergreen State University. And oh, nice. Anyway, it was good. Nice. Did you share any stuff about the NSP in particular or, or just the empathic listening more generally? Empathetic listening. And okay. proud and economic democracy and all the other stuff. Yes, right. Nice. Cool. Great. Thank you. Um, so I want to say one thing about um, drawing connections um, between different areas. So on the area of palliative care, um, if you look at the 10 points in building a world to love and justice, you'll see a, a section around transforming our health care. And that includes holistic healthcare at all levels, not just later on in people's lives or when people get sick. And so even as you're working in those, and I'm just picking that because it was brought up on the call, but um, it's, I just really want to kind of remind us that even as we're working on a particular issue like palliative care, um, to think about the fact that there are ways to connect that to broader transformative visions of our society, in this case, just of healthcare, but even of our broader society, that would, I think, if brought into the conversation, would help people um, expand their consciousness to beyond, so that we're not just talking about palliative care, but we're talking about, oh, right, 
we actually need a healthcare system that is that kind and that caring and that thoughtful throughout our lives. <laughs> and, um, and that people and their family members who are working with who's ever sick or dying in those circumstances might actually be open and receptive to the ideas of the new bottom line and to transformative healthcare at that moment because they can hear and understand how much they actually want the healthcare system to change ongoing, not just for their families, but for all families. So um, I just want to encourage us to continually think about loving ways to expand conversations um, and to raise consciousness while we're you know, advocating on a particular issue. So um, just keep that in mind. You can, you can always pull just, you know, like you did, Kathy, with the 10 you just made, you said you made them shorter. And so if you're working on palliative care, you could pull the one on healthcare and just pull out a couple key points from it and the new bottom line. And it will really, I think, bring the conversation to another level too. So I just want to remind us about that particular piece. Um, so what I, what I said I wanted to offer or explore on this call, and let me just check my notes before I do that, okay. is um, a role play on how do, we, how do we talk with folks, particularly more liberal and progressive folks, um, about some resistance to these issues. Um, and we could uh, do it with a conversation with the city council member, for example, Glee, and what you wanted to explore, or we could just do it with somebody, you know, an organization or an individual that we either have had a conversation with or imagine having a conversation with or would like to have a conversation with, but we're nervous about it. So I'm just wondering if somebody has something in mind that would be helpful for them with that construct in mind. I'm not attached to it. If there's something else somebody really um, is biting, you know, really wanting to do, we can go there and then see where we're at at time. But I just really want to offer a way to conceptualize and then role play. Where are we getting stuck in conversations and how can, how can we move through those, those stuck places? So I'm throwing the ball out to you all. <laughs> Who's going to catch it? <laughs> well, I would welcome an opportunity to role play um, a bit. And I think I need to set it up in a way that it reflects the reality that I'm seeing in front of me. Uh, as opposed to something more generic. And the, and one is, so shall we go in that direction? There, there's just a couple of things I need to say before we jump into it. Yeah, does that work for everybody? Looks good. Okay. First off, in, even in a fairly progressive city like Palo Alto, city council is pretty much focused on the nuts and bolts of the city administration. It's not a, um, e even the, even the environmental planning 
that aims at taking the city carbon free. That has been done, a lot of that's being done offline from the city council meetings. They participated in giving direction to staff to set it up, so it was clearly their intention. But the things that come back are the nuts and bolts of who's going to be hurt this way by this um, regulation and what might be a better way to frame it or something like that. And it's, I find there's such a gap there between my thinking about, here we are talking about, well, you just mentioned healthcare, for instance, saying more humane healthcare, or you can easily go from that to the things that a city has direct tabs on being police and justice, courts and the like. It's how to, and yet this is a, and I'm not, I'm not really sure how to do that, to make that, that step with them is really what it comes down to. And I know, I have a bunch of the ideas about the NSP, particularly if you put it in the framework of supporting resolutions for a, the ESRA. That's not so hard to talk about itself. I'm just not sure how to translate it to the local point of view because I, I think of the uh, the conventional reaction of cities taking stances on broader things. And there's a bit of pushback among some citizens of saying, well, that's not quite our direct responsibility. And that's what I'm trying to draw into the conversation, how it is their responsibility. And yet I don't quite, don't quite see how to do that. And with the issue that I mentioned, the fact that we have a very competitive society, um, there's been a wave of teen suicides in Palo Alto, often known over the years, have been done real recently. But it came out of an environment in which on one hand, the teenagers sort of saw their future is looking bleak from their perspective. And maybe there are a lot of personal factors into it too. They were excluded for social reasons or whatever, or just plain picked on in social media. Um, so the city has focused resources on trying to put more counseling in schools and things like that. You know, it's sort of like, okay, we looked at that, done, let's move on to another issue. So even that point of view, I'm not totally sure how to reopen it for them, in, given that I'm coming from a more abstract point of view, saying, well, wouldn't you like to um, support our national goals with this environmental and social responsibility initiative? Do you see where I'm going with this? this so let me ask you a question. I think so. So I think what um, the question I have for you is, if you were going to approach one person, let's just assume for a moment that's, where, that's the framework we're operating in. Right. Um, is it on the SRA, a resolution support the SRA, um, the new bottom line of the Global Marshall Plan? Because I think we need to focus at least initially on one. And so I just, which? Well, 
or are you wanting to do a general conversation about NSP as a whole? I first thought of just trying the new bottom line. Okay. But the the ES support for the ESRA seems to be a little more concrete. That's the, that's the struggle, right? Okay. Yeah. So why don't we? Here's my suggestion. I'm gonna um, have you, Clay, in the role play the city council person that you're thinking of because you know that person. Okay. And then I'm gonna ask somebody else. Um, not me. <laughs> somebody else on the call to pretend that you're approaching this person. And I will jump in with coaching. Um, and if others have others ideas and you want to try something, you can jump in too. Right. Um, and then you're going to just stay in the role of the city council person. We, and you're going to really try to get into that mindset and we'll hear what people say. Okay. That work. Right. Okay. Does that work for everybody on the call? Is that clear? Okay. So would somebody be willing to play glee trying to talk to the city council and you can decide, do I want to start with the new bottom line or do I want to start with the ESRA? I, I can imagine starting with the new bottom line and then bringing it down, but I'm not, I want to offer you to kind of think about how you would do it because this is, this is an exploration. So anybody, is welcome to start. And if somebody else wants to, if you want, if you want to tag, you can say tag and someone else can jump in. Um, or if somebody wants to tag and jump in, please um, do so. But it's, this is a collective, a collective effort. Okay. Go ahead. By the way, I'll be Liz. I'm a Liz, you're Liz. I'm Liz. <laughs> Would somebody be willing to start? Okay, it's Melanie, but I'm not exactly sure, but I'll try. Okay. Oh, and I'm still recording. Is anybody opposed to me recording the role play? No. No. Okay. Go for it, Melanie. So, so Liz. I'm wondering if, if you read the um, the editorial in yesterday's New York Times about how corporations are taking over what government used to do. Oh, well, I was reading the New York Times yesterday and I didn't see that. Well, it, it was in there and it made me think about how in our community we could do things a little differently. We we could be on the record as supporting this idea of this new bottom line where we put people before politics and power. And that, uh, have you heard about the new bottom line from the Network of Spiritual Progressives? No. Well, the, the new bottom line is, is an absolutely wonderful way of, of envisioning a world where everyone would be better off and that the it would be sustainable and that it would put people first. And in Palo Alto, where we've done a lot of progressive things, 
we, we could really be on the forefront of a movement that's starting to really turn this around. So it's not necessary that private corporations would be providing the sorts of things that only government did, the things that we hold in common. What do you think of that? Well, in Palo Alto, we've been very careful to maintain a strong government role, for instance, and it's made a huge difference over the years, for instance, we have our own utilities. And we're quite free to set a path to carbon neutrality, which would be an enormous uproar in the corporate world. So how does this relate to other kinds of, I mean, I, I see us doing a lot there already. How would, I'm just not sure how it translates to uh, what else we might do in the city. I mean, I... Well, the new bottom line is, is part of a, a whole new philosophy about environmental responsibility and social activism. And it seems like you're right, Palo Alto's done some wonderful things, but just think we could, we could set a benchmark for many other communities if we could put into a resolution that we support this idea of people first, that we, that we actually will promote this new bottom line. Well, could you give me some um, concrete examples of, I mean, people first, what, what would that look like at the city level? I mean, how would we express that from the point of view of a, it doesn't have to be just Palo Alto, but how would any city see it from the, from the kinds of things that they try to do? That everybody would feel heard and that they could participate and that the people who represented them actually did take their concerns to heart. That it wasn't really about giving tax abatements to corporations, but rather really strengthening the social safety net and the Melody. infrastructure to make. Melody, okay. can I just jump in for one sec? Oh, please do. I think you're doing wonderful. I really love the way you jumped right into that conversation. I wonder if you, if you're, if you can remember how to actually articulate the new bottom line, how it's different from the current bottom line, because that starts to concretize it a little bit more. And then from there you could go, for example, the ESRA. But I think, I think it's time now to kind of really explain what, you've kind of used nice language about what the new bottom line is, but you haven't explained it, I don't think, in a way that can give somebody something that they can actually understand how it's different, particularly in the context in which he's raising it when Palo Alto's done some things that he would think are actually new bottom line, but probably aren't really new bottom line in the same way. Well, that's where I'm having the struggle. I can't think of a way to frame it. So if somebody could tag me, that would be great. Okay, does somebody else remember? Somebody, somebody else remember how to do a short spiel on the new bottom line, want to jump in? And I can always do it if no one else does, but um, anybody's welcome to jump in. Thanks for getting us started, Melanie. Go ahead, Gabrielle. Hang on. Can I read it? <laughs> you can read it slowly. Yes, why not? You why not? Much to remember. <laughs> Hi, Liz. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Gabrielle. It's 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 a close close enough for Guy anyway. Guy, yeah. 
<laughs> yes, that's good. I like that. Um, so our new bottom line is based currently on the opposite of the bottom line that we're in at the moment, which is really dysfunctional. Currently, our social, economic and political institutions and systems are judged efficient by productive and rational to the extent that they maximise money and power. So what we're basically trying to do is bring the money and power back to the people away from the elite few that have corporate control um, and making um, the corporations more conscious and more responsible towards the people that they're actually benefiting from so that they give back to the people that they're taking their resources from, basically, if that makes any sense. So um, the new bottom line will measure the institutions as efficient or rational or productive to the extent that they create or nurture our companies to be loving, caring, kind, generous and ethically sensitive. Pursuing environmental and sustainable behaviour, empathy and genuine caring for the well-being of everyone on the planet and respond to the universe with what A.J. Heschel called awe, wonder and radical amazement, rather than reducing the earth to a resource and treating other humans as objects who are only valuable if they can be used instrumentally to serve our own personal needs. So they're three of the major points um, and it just opens up a whole new world of discussion really when we move away from what we've always known and we start to look at how we could bring change in so even any one of those measures there's one one way is to ask the corporations to to contribute one to two percent of their profit over 50 million dollars if they're above 50 million dollars so interrupt yeah. you for one minute Gabriel, because you're confusing two things am i oh sorry <laughs> no it's okay so it's, it's, it's fine you're, that was great so one thing i might do is i might sum it up after you kind of do the new bottom line and say really what the new boil, bottom line boils down to is caring for each other and caring for the planet and that's the highest priority rather than making money okay so, so, uh, yeah. so Keith, what do you tell me? What's what do you think about that? I mean, Liz, excuse me. <laughs> well, many of you may remember the original legacy of the uh, corporation Hillary Packard that was formed in a garage in Palo Alto back in the 30s, and it was had long been one of the most. Um, in terms of how it treated employees, socially responsible uh, corporations ever. And it's changed considerably since then with due to financial pressures, basically, in which it's become more economic bottom line. Anyone who works for it now says it's but a shadow of its former self and it has but what I understand you saying is that we should suggest that companies activate that vision in general that, uh, to bring that kind of responsibility to their corporate ethics, which, yeah. which is a, a, I'm not sure you'd find anyone in disagreement with that precisely. It's the role of the city and in advocating for that, and I'm not 
that you're about. I mean, how is it our responsibility to insist on what the corporate governance is in, in this instance, to pick out that one aspect of what you're talking about? Why, why do you think we should be taking a position like that? Um, I think because what we've been doing for the last, well, throughout the Industrial Revolution hasn't really worked for the majority of the people on the planet. It's been designed to funnel uh, well-being, everything, money, well-being, everything up to the top elite control part of the world and the rest of the people are left struggling trying to work two jobs three jobs just to bring in enough money to feed their families and it's just not working anymore and there are a lot of people waking up to it but we there's a lot of us who don't understand how we can change the future but we're just having a really good stab at it and the network of spiritual progressives is an amazing platform they've they've spent years researching what the people really need in their lives and what's missing. And it's, it's a remarkable platform with really achievable goals that actually inspires so many of us. And we're starting to get really excited about bringing it to our representatives. But I think too, I think it would be really great if we could form a group, be the group, that actually challenges the government and the corporations. Instead of looking for another group to hold them accountable, I think we need to be the group. So you're looking to develop a coalition of cities that support this goal, if I understand you correctly. Yep. In other words, you're, you're thinking about a grassroots revolution, economic. Yep, pretty much. Uh, as well <laughs> as social and clearly political. Yes, yes. There's a lot of, there are so many activist groups across the world. It's just mind-blowing how many people are working at that grassroots level. But they're only, but they're struggling with the same issues all the time. They just never seem to be able to get past Band-Aid therapy in their own towns or within the groups that they're really passionate about. What we're trying to do is bring all those groups together and become one great voice across the globe that will really challenge all the governments to start thinking a little bit more from their hearts or even go as far as replacing these people and putting people in who are, are really compassionate and empathic and are thinking in a more enlightened way for everybody on the planet. So, Gabriel, I have a question. I'm, I'm a little confused for a moment here. Guy is playing a city council member. Yep. So I'm hearing you talk, you say to Liz, the city council member, um, we want to get rid of people in office oh, who, right? no, who I didn't aren't, aren't that. like this. <laughs> and so I, I, was, I was hearing you speak to Liz, if you will, as if it was another activist who you're trying to get involved with joining in the activist group as opposed to trying to get Liz, I believe he's, he's still here, even though we don't see him for a yeah, moment. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm here. I've just got some visual distractions in the background appearing here. So I, okay. <laughs> I, I cut it out to avoid distracting the crew. Okay. Um, so I, I got confused. So I just want to remind you okay. that you're, what you're trying to do right now is to see if you can get Liz in the form of Guy 
to, um, I think where we're going now is, I mean, do you want to ask Liz, would you endorse a new bottom line? Would you, would you be somebody who sponsored and endorsed a new bottom line as a proposal from the Palo Alto Council? And or do you want to say, well, one way, one concrete way that Palo Alto could um, uh, implement something like a new bottom line is by passing a resolution for the ESRA. And then you'd have to explain what that is. Okay. That, do you understand what, where I was confused and Sure. Liz, were you confused too? What was happening? Or geeks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At, at, at the end there, I was, um, I wasn't sure where that was going because what I was going to say was, I think I understand a little bit of what you're talking about is you, could you present me something in writing so I could read it more carefully of what you're suggesting. And I'm not promising that I'll, lead a discussion with my colleagues on this, but at least I'm willing to look at it myself. So that's great. So that, that's a good, that's a great place to end too. Yes, let me get you more materials. And okay. I'm thinking ahead to my own role in this where um, I think it's enough to get one person cooperating at a time without asking them to spearhead the effort with colleagues that may um, Unless we're meeting as a group or something like that. What, right. I mean, I think, I think probably you want to do um, is to get that one city council member to feel some um, buy-in, some commitment to it on some level. Right. And then brainstorm with them about, okay, who should we go talk to next as the activists? And then we'd be talking to the, them as the activists at the same time that you as a colleague would be talking to them. So they'd be hearing it. Right, right. And one, one thing I've thought of doing here is, while I have my own impression of the personalities on the council, I thought of um, trying to identify an environmental organization or something else that's been lobbying with them. And seeing I could find an, either an ally or just someone that give give me more feedback on how they really do respond to different proposals. Because I found that invaluable years ago in working, say, with the um, San Mateo Board of Supervisors in that there was a five-person board and there were three you could talk to and two it was pointless. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, yeah, and knowing, that, like a great knowing that ahead of time saved a lot of, and how to approach them saved a lot of Right. Time. And even then, there were developers sneaking in the back door and doing in runs around the three that would talk to you. So <laughs> Um, it's 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 never quite it's not it's always a dynamic environment in a political system. Right. But I I did find this very helpful, Gabrielle. So uh, mm -hmm. thank you for that. Yeah. It's, it's um you know it lets me in doing the role play it lets me weigh um one what I see is will be the objections against what you're telling me and then go from there, so. It's very powerful to play the other, the person that you are expecting the objection. So it's very powerful to play Liz for Guy because then you get a better feel of what it actually feels like to be that person. So um, 
I say that to say, even if you like in your local community, sometimes you could keep that in mind. Oh, wait, let's do role play. Let me play this other person so I can actually get what's going on for them. Yeah. And, and it's amazing when you get into the role player. I like to call it role being. You've probably all heard me do that little thing about being the person, not playing the person. Um, it is amazing how much it, it shifts your consciousness and lets you see it from a different um see it from a different perspective so right. rev carolyn i want to see if there's anything you want to add to it or, or anyone else too and, and before you jump in rev carolyn i just want to say melanie and uh gabrielle thank you it was great and dean welcome to the call <laughs> the only thing i wanted to add i think you all did a great job of coming from a place of of sharing uh, what the new bottom line is. I own. I I would. It, I was just listening, and not watching, and not involved. If you're not involved in the conversation, we should try to uh, speak in short, shorter phrases and get people to respond to us. That would that would be the only thing I would suggest is to um, make a statement and give a place for conversation, open, open the room for conversation, because that way you get to get feedback on what you're saying. Right. Yeah, I agree. So Carolyn, let's try something for a moment, if you will play with me for a second here. Okay. Okay, so I'm, I am, um, I'm happy to switch it, but I'll tell you how I'm thinking about doing it, but you can tell me if you want to switch it. I don't really care which side I play on this. I'll be, you be Liz and I'll be the other person for a moment. I'll be the person talking to you and I'm just going to jump in on the new bottom line and share how I might have slowed, slowed it down slightly. Okay. Does that work for you? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, so we've already had some of the conversation mm -hmm. that you've heard. Okay. So the new bottom line, the way it differ, the way it differs from the current bottom line is as currently the way that we measure success of corporations um, or in the, the kind of corporate lingo, if you will, is the rationality, productivity, and efficiency of a corporation is by how much it maximizes money and power. Does that, do you understand when I'm, when I'm talking about the current bottom line, does that make sense to you that that's kind of what we're doing right now? Uh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what's cool about Palo Alto is we're starting to look at how do we shift that a little bit? How do we include into our framework, um, care for the environment. And that's what makes Palo Alto somewhat of a cutting edge community. Um, and I appreciate your effort in that, in that regard. Yes, um, we actually, you know, are surrounded by mountains, so very conscientious really, of how property is used effectively and people get to appreciate nature. Yeah when they're uh, putting their buildings up. Yeah, and, and our care for the environment. So I really appreciate and I appreciate you, you playing an important role in that regard. So what the new bottom line is, is it actually takes it a step further. And the new bottom line says that we're gonna measure success or rationality, productivity, and efficiency of our corporations, of our government, um, even of our personal lives really, of our institutions, to the extent that they maximize the qualities that make life meaningful and worth living. 
So the qualities of love and care, kindness and generosity. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. So if I heard you correctly, you're saying that you're going to sh share some qualities that I can measure my, my own life against as well as corporations? Yeah. Oh, tell me more. So the so how is how do corporations or how does our government or how do our institutions enhance our capacity? These are the kind of questions we would be asking. Mm -hmm. How do they enhance our capacity to actually engage in ways with each other in the world that are more loving, that are more caring, that are more kind, that actually help us access the most generous components, parts of ourselves that we have, but our current economic systems and political systems, as, as we can see in so many ways, actually don't um, afford us the capacity to really embrace those aspects of ourselves. So that's one part of it. Mm -hmm. Another part of it is how much do, how can we measure our corporations and institutions, our schools, our hospitals, our legal system, to really be institutions that promote the economic and social and environmental justice and, and our capacity to respond to the universe with awe and wonder, to actually look at the nature, not as what we can take from it, but um, how can we actually care for it for our generations and for future generations. And, and on top of that, how can, we, how can we treat each other with deep dignity and respect? Because we seem to have lost that, and we can see that so much, even in the political discourse that's happening right now. So Palo Alto could be on the cutting edge of saying, we Palo Alto support and endorse a world based on a new bottom line. And that's what we're asking, and I'm wondering how you feel about that. Uh, thank you for explaining that. I actually feel like a lot of those qualities are already ingrained and being practiced in the companies in Palo Alto um, and by our city council. That's a, those are undergirding principles that we carry. There may be some specifics that we may not have talked about. But I think there's a good place for us to start a conversation. Beautiful. What I'd love to do, if I, if, if I can for a minute, is, because I agree with you, I think that intention is there for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think um, what, what the new bottom line does that I think adds and enhances to that intention is there's two ways, at least, that I can think of that the new bottom line supports that and deepens it. One of which is, and I'm going to bring you back to Houston for a moment, if you will, and the floods in Houston, mm -hmm. to distinguish between what I think Palo Alto's doing right now and what I'm talking about bringing us toward. Mm -hmm. um, so, and so the language I'm going to use is what I think Palo Alto's doing is what a lot of people would refer, refer to as a triple bottom line. So measuring the caring for the people, the planet, and profits. And um, and so what the new bottom line is really saying is really what matters is the people on the planet. And the way that, the, the example that I think of when I think of this is if you remember the floods in Houston and how awful that was. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember seeing on the news or on social media, the story about the furniture store, the man who owned the furniture store that opened the store 
is, you know, with all this brand new furniture to the community. And so kids were running around the store, families were eating on the new tables and on the chairs. Um, rescue workers were sleeping in the beds, they were hanging on the couch, they were, people were sleeping overnight there. Um, did you happen to see that story? I did, yes. It's such, and that story is an example of the new bottom line. Mm -hmm. Because if he was thinking in the framework of the triple bottom line, he would have made a different choice, the owner of that store. He might have donated to Red Cross. <laughs> he might have um, gone to people's homes and donated to them in particular. I mean, but it would have been a very different choice because opening up his store in the way that he did economically was not a smart decision. Mm -hmm. And so that's, and, and what that did was it helped us all see what a world based on those values could actually look like and to know that it actually exists. And so that's what I'm saying is slightly different than I think what Palo Alto is doing. I think, we're on the, I think we're on the journey there. And I think it'd be really great to show people how to get to the next level of, of where I genuinely believe all of us want to be, but we don't quite know how to get there. Well, I, that's an interesting example. And I could probably come up with a few things that Palo Alto has done, but there's clearly a distinction between what a city council can offer and what companies choose to do. So I think that's a whole nother conversation about uh, what you are suggesting that the council does to set an agenda or a, a, a goal for how that happens in the corporations that are bound here. Right, and so we have in addition to a resolution, so I'll, I'll, I'm handing, here's all these materials, which mm -hmm. you'll be able to read, but let me just um, kind of highlight what I'm giving you. So in addition to a resolution to support the new bottom line, which is written in the materials I've just given you, um, in addition to that is a resolution to support um, an environmental and social responsibility amendment to the U.S. Constitution. And so, this is a call, essentially, by the Palo Alto City Council saying we support this and think that uh, city councils and state legislatures around the country should endorse this. And the components of this amendment are as follows. One of which is that all elections be publicly funded, that, that there be no private funding by individuals or, or corporations. So that's, I mean, that's so that we have actual free and fair elections, so that um, corporations don't have the power to essentially buy politicians. And I know that's important to you because I know how, how, how look how much time you're giving me as an individual, and I know that you're very conscientious about um, how, you're, how you get the finances you need to run, and run for your campaign. And, and if we don't pass something like this, people are not, politicians are not gonna be able to do this just because of the way campaign financing happens. So even those who genuinely want to, to get money all from individuals has a hard time actually winning campaigns given the way finance reform is happening. Right? I would probably stop you at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yes. 
because it was that's an interesting place because Palo Alto and all the headquarters is where a lot of the funders come. They depend on them. So it would be an interesting conversation. Right. Right. They do. Yeah, no, this is an interesting yeah. place to bring this. The it is. But anyway, does that, um, so we'll stop here. I was going to go into all of it just to, just to show you all how I moved from the new bottom line to the ESRA. But now I think you saw that. So um, was, did that work for folks, questions, feedback? Thank you, Carolyn, for playing. Thank you. That was fun. <laughs> Guy, was that helpful? Uh, thanks. That, that gives me a better idea about sort of the incremental steps in this dialogue. And it's, it's quite a leap from, I think, our perspective as um, social advocates to that of a local politician who, mm -hmm. yeah. and the common ground is the values, the shared values. Yes. And that's, I think, the, uh, but there, there's a political and um, legislative framework, if you will, that the city council member occupies that's very different than the space that we're in. And it, it's trying to, it's knowing about that role, but not finding a hard to, talk in very general terms to them that's been the struggle so these specifics have helped great in going mm -hmm. through it mm -hmm. and reverend carolyn i will probably send you an email to try out some ideas okay when, when we can find some mutually agreeable okay, time great now the other thing i know about palo alto is a lot of the land most of the land in that area is not owned by the companies, but it's it's leased from oh, yeah, the, Stanford University. Yeah, the Stanford Industrial Park is yes. the case in mm -hmm. point. It's it's um, the land is leased, and um, that's it, it's unique. That that gives Palo Alto pretty much a one to one housing jobs ratio, mm -hmm. which is unique in mm -hmm. most places. And there are a lot of good things about it, and yet it's. Um, it's why I picked it. If I can start a conversation here with where, with um, I'll just mute you. If I can start a conversation here, it, it'll. It seems like an easier lift than trying um, either other cities or my own county, for instance, where I know I'll run into opposition immediately. Yeah, really beautiful. Great. So this will be, um, I'll post this recording and send it out too, but so you can always go back and listen to it. Good. But I think it was helpful. So yeah. thank you. Thanks for bringing that. Um, so thank you. Uh, Jean, did you want to share, because you joined us late, did you want to share kind of anything that you've been working on or how's it been going? I unmuted you. I just wanted to bring your voice into the space. I'm glad you're here. Okay. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm sorry I couldn't come sooner, but I came when I could. Um, and uh, 
I was just thinking about what they're talking about. See, we don't have council members who would even begin to listen to anything like this. So in our situation, for me, what I do is I go and talk to individuals. I try to go to different groups, you know, environmentally interested groups in different places and talk with individuals. And the more times I can get an individual to just even talk about it, they don't have to agree, but just think about it. And a lot of times they do agree but they don't see how it could fit in with the people who do have power, even though they do feel it's a good idea. So, and our group is just growing very fast and it's very enthusiastic. And we're reading um, Rabbi Lerner's book, The Left Hand of God, and we use it as, as introduction to discussions. And then if something we're doing that fits in the community or outside, we talk about that too. So we're having a wonderful time with it. Great. Would you, I, you weren't on the call when I asked folks, so I'll ask, I'll ask you, um, would you be willing to send me um, an email with some of the things that you're doing individually and that you're doing as a chapter um, because one of the things I've said is it's hard for us to know the effect of what we're doing and to be able to say to like funders or even to donors, hey, this is, there were 10 people that had 10 conversations with people this month about the new bottom line and the SRA and the Global Marshall Plan. And that's meaningful. But if I don't have that information, it's not meaningful. Yes. Uh, so like... If you could just like, you know, once a week or once a month, send me an email that says, hey, I ended up speaking to, I went to this environmental meeting and shared the pamphlet with this many people and spoke to these many people. And I went to this meeting and shared it. And our chapter now is this big. And, and also, I don't know if you could send me, I know you've sent it to me before, but the contact for the chapter so I can put it up on the webpage, um, then I could let folks know too. And I, I think it's there. Is it there? Oh, it's oh. Greg, right? Is it Greg? Yes. yes. It is uh, there. Yes, but he won't. He doesn't do online, so like this. So I will, well, as much as I can. But I, I don't know exactly what other people are doing. But I'll try to even just send me an email, as you know, have as ex people at the at a chapter meeting. Hey, let's just write down what we're doing so we can send it back to Kat and Carolyn so they'd say no. That would be awesome. Well, okay, I'll find out and see see what what happens. We'll see. Okay. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much. It's so nice to see you. You too. Thank you. Uh -huh. um, okay. Anybody else have any questions or reflections about the role play or something else that's come up since then that you wanted to throw into the cycle, circle before we close? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say that somehow I missed that it's significant if a city council will endorse ESRA. Um, or the new bottom line. And so I've always been thinking that that has to be reserved for higher levels um, of government. So that's one reason I went for those 10 points because those are things that we can institute, but now I see that we could do the other thing as well. So that's real helpful. Great, and actually on the web page for the training, and mm -hmm. I also think on the web page for the organization, I have to double check. I should know this better, but I'm 99.9% .9 sure that I'm both of those places. There are sample, um, there are sample, um, I'm just trying to figure out what that noise is, um, city council resolutions, that's what I was looking for. Okay, 
for that stuff. So you can also, if you can't find it, just email me and I'll send it to you. But they are, if you look, I think both on the ESRI page on the main website, but also on your training page, it's, it's in there under the section that um, has, like at the additional, like after every week of training, I did it. Materials for the SRA, materials for the global master plan, materials for the new bottom line. It's there. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Good. Um, I'm just going to, okay. Anyone else? Yeah, Jean. Okay. I just want to say that I still have a question about how to talk to people who don't want to be involved at all in talking about politics. This still is an issue and they don't want, it's not just that they might be arguing and they don't want to argue. It's because that's one reason. The other reason is though that they're not interested. They don't want to talk about politics. It's dirty business in their mind. So I'd like to find a way to help make it not be dirty business and, or maybe, not even talk at all about politics, just talk about higher values. What do you really want to have happen in our world? So I'd like to work on something like that. That's an approach I'd be interested in. So given the time, what I'd like to do is to, unless um, I'm just aware of that could be a longer conversation than like yeah. three minutes. <laughs> oh yeah, I think it could. Oh yeah. So what I'd like to do is put that on the agenda for next month. Are you available to be on the call next month? I can't promise. I, my life is so changeable. I can't promise, but I will see if I can. Okay, so try, and we'll, Rev. Carol and I will put it on the agenda for next month, and whether okay. you're on the call or not, we can do the role play. Okay, that'll and be good. I can listen to it. Right. Okay, thank you. Um, I don't know that it'll exactly touch on the points you want, <laughs> but we can try. Um, okay. There also is a recording that is on, on also on your training page. Yes, I've heard that. So you want something more than that. Okay, good. That's yes, yes, yes. It's not That's just arguing. It's, it's that they just, it's dirty business and they just want right. to stay away. Right. So it's about the fact that it just doesn't feel kind of spiritual or clean. It just feels right. like. Well, also that they're not interested because they don't even read, listen to the news. They don't even know what's going on. They don't know the difference between anything that's going on right. they're not interested okay. <laughs> and i and i want to say to that i want to say two things one of which we can totally do that role play but the other thing i want to say to that is they're probably not the first people um they're probably not the first people you want to reach out to i understand that it's yeah. just that there's so many of them yeah yeah so how do we do it it's yeah, yeah. we can to totally do it Karen, would you just okay. write a note for the march call so we the two of us track that please <laughs> um and one last thing then, thanks for bringing that up, Jean, I appreciate Thank you. it. Yeah. So then the other question I had, um, and I'll ask it and you can give me feedback right now, but I also invite you to email us any thoughts as you think about it too, is the structure of these calls. Is it, are these call, structure of these calls working for you? Is there a, uh, another, something other way that you could imagine structuring it or something else that you'd like to have happen on these calls that would be more supportive for you. Um, because that we're trying to make them, you know, be supportive. I think today was a great, I think ended up thinking today was great because he was able to bring a challenge and we've done that. Melanie last month had one that we worked with. So I think it's working, but I'm actually open to, I'd like to tweak it or can we add this or, um, so I'll just 
if anyone has any immediate thoughts, and if you don't have immediate thoughts, please think about it and either bring it next month or send us an email so we can reflect upon your thoughts. That would be very helpful. So I'll just, I'll just assume if you have thoughts, you'll let me know. <laughs> okay, great. Um, so Carolyn, I'll hand it back over for you if your throat's doing okay to close us out. It'll be better. I'll mute everyone. If you do it. Okay, okay. I'm going downhill. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'll gladly do it. Um, <clears throat> let me just have a, my last sip of, oh, my literally my last drop of water. Um, so first I just want to thank everyone who's on the call for your presence and um, engagement and jumping into role plays and, uh, and, and all the amazing different ways that you're sharing this work in your communities and beyond. And um, yeah, just, I really, it's inspiring to me and it keeps us going. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, it's, I, the other day I had this vision of, I don't know if you ever remember this commercial, like I told one person and they told two people and, and then the pictures keep expanding till you have like an infinite number of faces on the screen. Like that's what I'm wanting to see with our work. Like I told one person, I told two people. So if you could all hold that with me as an intention and then like act on that intention. Okay, Kat told me I have to tell two people and then I have to tell them to tell two people. And just imagine it like bubbling out so that eventually there's an infinite number of people involved showing up on these calls maybe but even more importantly doing doing this work and sharing the work and and just raising consciousness and talking about it and really um helping get these ideas spread into the world so if you can one request i have is if you can hold that vision and intention with me i woke up the other day i was like that's the vision i want so if you'd be willing to share that uh I'd appreciate it. Um, and then I just remembered I wanted to post um, a link that I'll also end up sharing in the next newsletter. But let me just, if I can find it. Okay, I guess I'll post it in the next newsletter because I can't find it quickly enough right now. I had it open. Oh, here it is. That's why I can't find it. So this is an article, and then I'm going to close, I promise. This is an article about what the Democrats, this is an article by somebody who worked in Obama's administration, who's a conservative religious person and a Democrat. And here's the link, and it's an article about Democrats have a religion problem. Who would have thunk it? Who's been saying that for a while? Um, so I'm going to also share it in, um, on the newsletter, in the newsletter, but it's a really interesting article that I encourage you to read um, because it really speaks to what we've been saying. Um, so yeah, and then I think it's worth of more, worthy of more conversation at some point. But um, So let's just take a deep breath. And let's, Let's hold in our hearts the, the vision that, that we yearn for that's brought us all together in this lovely gathering and connection of a truly loving and just world for everyone. 
and and let's just for a moment imagine it it you know us telling one person and then telling two people and so on and so on and and it bubbling up and spilling over and and inspiring people beyond our wildest imaginations because in truth that is how that is how social change happens that is actually what happens and it is possible and so if every day we take a moment to both envision it and from that vision and from that place of inspiration share it with just two people every day we could see it unfolding even in our lifetimes which i know would be so inspiring for each of us and so i bless us all to have the personal healing and transformation that we need and that um, can happen in a co-created way with our work for social transformation that through healing the world we also heal ourselves and through healing ourselves we heal the world and that that they are in in a loop with one another and serve each other kind of like the breath in and the breath out And so may we all have that personal and collective healing experience and inspiration. And may we feel supported and uplifted by our community here and beyond. And know that we're being called to share this work and do this work because somewhere deep inside that little child within us always knew this world was possible and actually believed it was the world and so we're allowing that child within us that so wants to be loved and to love unabashedly and unconditionally to play in the world and to inspire others in the world to contribute to bringing that that world that's bursting forth with love and generosity and care and justice and peace. And so it is. So I'm going to unmute everyone and say thank you all again for 